Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a little bit of news to get to in the front part of the show, um, an interesting development in the Wisconsin football recruiting world. And then um, we've also got some news with men's basketball, hiring, of course, a new assistant coach, kind of talk about what that means. And then in the back half of the show, we've got a little exercise for you where we're going to go through and rank our top 10 Badgers on the team right now. So this episode, we're doing just overall top 10 players uh, on the team, you know, and then the next episode we will do a most important. So there'll be a little bit more difference there. Maybe guys that aren't maybe as talented as the guys on this list, but maybe play a more important role where you need something strong um, for a certain position. So it'll be fun to see kind of where the top 10 overall kind of differs from the top 10 guys that will maybe make or break the Wisconsin football season. So it'll be fun to go through that um, and, and get into that a little bit. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun little exercise. Uh, talk through some things because I'm guessing we won't have the exact same thing for this one. No, it'll be interesting. It was. Uh, it was. We'll get into it a little bit more, of course. But it was a. It was a tough exercise because there's Wisconsin's got a lot of good players. There's some. There's a small group that I think that has maybe separated themselves from that other tier. It'll be interesting to see where everybody kind of shakes out in that. But before we do that, let's get our news. Um, the first one is Wisconsin football recruiting. Um, Avion Jones decommitted from Oklahoma State. Um, he was formerly going to visit the Badgers. Of course, he's a three-star corner out of South Lake, Texas. Um, so before he committed to the Cowboys, he had an official visit scheduled at UW. Has not announced that now that his, you know, his recruitment is back open, he has not announced where he'll take an official visit, if any. But I would certainly think right now the Badgers would be back in play, just given where it was at before his commitment. I know he announced that before really getting a chance to see anything in person. So maybe this is just maybe maybe waiting for him to take the time to make the right decision, and it could end up being back at Oklahoma State, or it could be any of the plethora of schools that have been after him. But very talented corner. I know only a three-star, but really plays, I think, beyond that. So what do you make of the recent development there? I think it's big. I, I know Wisconsin had that official visit set up. You you figured that he was one of the Wisconsin was one of the top like four schools that he was really looking at. And then all of a sudden he abruptly committed to Oklahoma State, has since backed off that. I think you look at the way that the Wisconsin cornerback board set up, sets up right now. They've got three guys coming in for official visits. If they could get him in there as well in that June window, I think that increases your odds of getting two of your top uh, four targets or so. And, and I think that's really what the goal is right now for Hank Poteet. And, and hopefully they can get him on campus because I do think he is uh, a very talented player. Yeah, I think that's a great development for Wisconsin. At a, of course, a new position coach taking over in Hank Poteet to go out there and land um, yeah, like two of the two of the three, you know, in that group would would certainly be a, a nice win for him to get started. Um, I know, of course, he's been in the college football circuit before, but maybe taking on a little bit bigger of a role in a power five school that way. Recruiting is, is such a huge part of it. So I would definitely think the Badgers are, are in contention here and will hopefully get a chance to make their best pitch because he, he's a really talented player, a, a bigger corner at 5'11". So I think it'd be a, a nice gap for Wisconsin and hopefully they can uh, wow. You know, If they get him in that June window again, Madison and in the summertime is always great. We've got a beautiful day outside right now. So hopefully Wisconsin can uh, make their best pitch and, and get him on campus and see what they can do about that. So. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you're looking at it right now. It's setting up for a huge June. Hopefully they can close on these guys. 
All right, moving on to the next piece of news. Wisconsin basketball announced their recent hiring of Sharif Chambliss. Of course, you probably recognize that name, was a former Badger, um, played for Penn State for years before transferring to UW, and I believe it was like 04, 05. Um, Chambliss was previously a coach with the Badgers as a video coordinator under Orion and was most recently an assistant at Wright State. So familiar with the system, now under Greg Gard. Makes a ton of sense. You knew the situation around, um, of course, Wisconsin with Alondo Tucker and um, you know him likely not being back in a full-time coaching role. Um, so this makes sense. Kind of fits that piece in there together. You thought UW was going to bring someone else onto the staff. Um, you figured it was going to be someone familiar with the system that uh, Greg Gard has in place. I think this kind of checks all the boxes, and I'm sure uh, it'll be a good relationship for both sides. But what did you make of that hiring by UW Basketball? It makes a ton of sense. Uh, he, he's a guy uh, growing up uh, on the on the east side of the state. I think he hopefully will help a little bit in that in recruiting that area, um, whether it be northern suburbs of Chicago as well as the Milwaukee area. Um, but but really, I, I just remember fondly him playing for the Badgers, playing with those baggy shorts, and mm-hmm. um, and I, I think. Overall, this is a really good fit because he he had a lot of success at a lower tier. He has familiarity with Wisconsin in a lot of ways, and, and I think he he'll have a nice relationship right from the jump with some of the assistants, which should help them out. Um, it's it's tough to see Alondo Tucker um, now leaving, but at the same time, I, I think Sharif Chambliss gives them a lot of what they need um, at that spot, and hopefully, he can help develop the guards. Yeah, I think it's a when you look at Wisconsin, when they make these type of hirings, whether it be with football and position coaches or assistant basketball coaches, it's usually someone who's um, had previous tie or has some sort of previous connection with the program that that knows the culture, knows the fit. Um, I know, of course, he didn't play his whole career at UW, just that brief season that way. But um, I still think it's a really good fit. And overall, just to have uh, someone that's coming in will be able to help you. Um, and that's familiar with recruiting, familiar with the area, and familiar with the system, I think goes a long ways um, for the Badgers. So I think it's going to be a home run hire, and hopefully he can uh, elevate that coaching staff and kind of do some of the things that Alondo Tucker did well. I, I know the recruitment part was a, a big part of it, and also just you know being an ambassador for the team. Uh, so yeah, it is unfortunate in that regard, but hopefully um, you know the, the, that he can step in and kind of take on that same role with, without missing a beat. Oh, for sure. And they definitely need that. And hopefully he can he can help out them out because you look at really the recruitment lately and, and it's been Krabenhoff. And that's pretty much the only guy who's been really active in in, in recruitment recruitments. I know that Dean Oliver has also um, thrown his hand in there from time to time. But I, I definitely think that he should be able to help them out in that area, which is important. All right, guys, that wraps up our brief bit of news. So we'll go ahead and get our ad reads out of the way and then we'll get into our top 10 Wisconsin football players right now. All right, so top 10 football players on the current Wisconsin football roster. This one, like I said at the beginning, was a little bit challenging because there's a lot of guys that are are really are, are good solid players and there's uh, there's a few that I think have separated themselves as being in there, but trying to decide a the 10 and then how to rank them uh, of that group is is pretty was pretty difficult, but also a fun exercise and I'm interested to see what you've got. So, why don't we get right into it? Who do you have as your number 10 ranked player? We'll go down the list and then we'll kind of talk about um 
you know, who we maybe thought was was higher or lower, some guys on the on the cuff and everything like that. So we'll start with number 10. Where did you have or who did you have pegged in that spot? Yeah. So just for context, one will be the most important or the the player that we think is the most talented 10 being um, out of those 10, the 10 most 10th most talented. Um, And I actually went with Graham Mertz. there. I, I don't know if he made your top 10, but I, I think you look at um, what he was able to do when he was healthy at times last year, and you look at his recruiting acumen, and I, I don't see how you can't have him in your top 10. I had a hard time putting him above, you know, that 7, 8, 9, 10, and I ended up um, slotting him down a little bit just because there is the unknown factor there, but I went with 10 for him. Yeah, I like that. I, I do have him in my top 10. We'll get to where I have him in a little bit here. Um, but I, I think it would be hard-pressed to not have him in there when you just look at the, the roster and what he's done. I know he had a little bit of a down year um, in, in full context, but so many outside factors. So I think it'd be hard for anyone to leave him off that list. Uh, for me, at number 10, I actually went with – I wanted to have someone from each position group, kind of. There's one position group that didn't quite, and it was like that – 11 10 area so I put Tyler Beach in there just because I I wanted to have an offensive line I know everyone on this offensive line I think is is pretty good is okay but I know some guys it doesn't really jump off the page um, in terms of excitement around this group but I think Tyler Beach is maybe a little bit underrated and is going to be a big player that the rely on so in terms of most important in the next episode I'll be really interested to see where he's at in terms of the um, what he's got but I think he's he's a good enough player to be in that 10 I had him like in that 10 to 12 range um, and I decided to go with him to, to make the cut just because I think uh, his game is there and, and maybe we'll see a little bit elevated from there so who did you have uh, at your number nine um, so nine was was tough for me and and really it was because I was between so many different players that I thought should be part of the group and um, so in the end, I, I went, I, I tried to, to, to spread the wealth a little bit as well in mine as much as possible. And, um, so I actually went to the wide receiver room and I, I couldn't pick between Chimray DK, who I think is the most, um, is the player with the most like raw talent to what he could become. And Danny Davis, who I think might be a little bit better than him right now because of the experience factor. So I, I, I kind of hedged and went with one of those two right now would be my nine. All right. I like that a lot. Yeah. That, that wide receiver room was, was certainly challenging um, and where to have certain guys um, just there's, there's three that again, really good, but as anyone separated them themselves um, it's, it's kind of a challenge right there. So I totally hear what you're saying in that regard. And, um, you know, I, I had one of them that made the list uh, a little bit higher, but, uh, we'll get into that in, in just a second. For me, I had my number nine as Nick Herbig. And I know, I, th- I think now that I think about it, it might be a little low for him. Um, but still very young in, in his development. I think at, if you said after this season, you know, we right have your top 10 of, you know, postseason players who had the best year. I could definitely see him being up closer towards the top just because I think he's poised for a big year. Had a really solid freshman, you know, campaign. But I think he's going to be a guy that um, elevates his game. But for right now, I've got him in that top 10. But I didn't want to go too high just given the limited sample size we've seen from him. But uh, I think... Uh, I think your pick's a good one as well at 10 or at nine, and that's certainly a challenging spot. But uh, moving on down, who'd you have for your number eight? 
So I'm going to throw it back to um, Tyler Beach, um, actually, as my number eight. Um, I think you look at it, multi-year guy. He's helped them out in a lot of different facets. I think people forget that he was a four-star kid, high Mm three-star, low four-star kid coming out of high school. Um, And and really – all indications were that he was going to go to Notre Dame before Wisconsin was able to to land him on a visit. So I, I think Tyler Beach is a guy if, at left tackle that I think there's a reason that he bumped over there and is ahead of Logan Brown. And Logan yeah. Brown's a very talented player. So I think Tyler Beach it doesn't necessarily get the respect that he deserves. And I'm, I'm going to go with him at eight. And I will um, say that uh, I, I have a couple of the people you've also brought up I've got going on in the middle list coming up here as well. So I'm excited. Yeah, I I love that you made that point about Logan Brown and Tyler Beach there, because I think that was a a big part that went into me having him on the list and kind of being, you know, jumping him onto the list because there's a reason why he took over. He beat out a a, a five star player um, right now, at least to be at that position. So um, I I think that's a great point to add on there. So we are at eight. For me, I had, um, you know, this is where I went a little heavy on the linebacker spot, but I had uh, Leo Chanel in there at eight. Again, didn't want to give we, – we've seen a good amount from him. We know the talent is there, and I would say after this year, he'll be another player that's going to be, in terms of guys that had really good seasons, um, going to be elevated up there. Um, so I, I, But, again, there's just there's some really good guys at the top where it makes it a little bit more difficult. So I had him at eight, and, and I'd be thinking he's going to be poised for a big season coming up here. Yeah, he, he's going to be on my list as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got for number seven? I actually have Herbig. Uh, he, he's a guy I had him a little higher than you, um, just, but I, I think you look at him. He's another four-star kid. Came in true freshman to play right away. That's usually pretty indicative of a really talented player that they think has you know untapped potential. He's really twitchy around the edge. I think the fact that he's going to be coming in with that experience under his belt add on some uh, a full year in the weight room. And I, I think he's going to be a monster. So I think Nick Herbig, uh, I think he's the most talented outside linebacker they've got by a, a, a decent ways. And I think that he's going to have a really nice sophomore campaign. Yeah. I think it would be hard to keep uh, a guy like him off the list, even in the, in the limited time we've seen. And I think he's got a lot of talent there and will hopefully be um, you know proven that he was very well deserving of being on here. Uh, for number seven, for me, I had Scott Nelson. Uh, I really think he, you know, coming into last year, I know there were concerns about where he was going to be. I think he answered a lot of those questions and returned to um, what he could really be. You know, early in his career, you saw the talent and the, that he had there. Came back, of course, battled through injuries for for what's felt like forever, and and came back strong towards the end of the year. And I think right now it is in a spot as long as he's fully healthy and ready to go that he's a big difference maker. Um, you know, on this team and and on the field. So I have to have him in there. Um, and hopefully he stays in that form because when he's playing like that and, and playing his best, he, he's a really talented safety uh, and I think very well deserving of being in that top 10. Uh, Who would you have for your number six? Uh, number six, I had Logan Bruss. Um, I, I think he's a guy, he, he's multi-year starter, um, really talented offensive lineman that's that has flexibility to play inside and outside. I think he's so important to this offensive line. And I think he's the best offensive lineman that they have um, right now when you, when you factor in what he brings to the table, his experience, his knowledge of what's going on, um, and his talent. I, I think he's a guy who both, both him and Beach are guys who could, who could 
get a chance in the NFL and get drafted. Um, but but I, I like what he brings to the table. And um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Nelson because he was a guy that was on my fringe. I had him written down, but he didn't quite make my list. Uh, and and so that was somebody that I'm glad he got recognition in this. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting exercise because you can you can look at it a lot of different ways. And I think for uh, a guy like Bruss is, again, um, when we do the most valuable, it'd be interesting to see where he's at on, on both of our lists, too, because he's got the talent, but he's also such a vital piece to Wisconsin, this offense and, and how it will click going into this year. So it's gonna be interesting to see how some of these names shake out on both lists here. All right. Number six for me. Um, this is where I was going with the wide receiver. I had Danny Davis. Um, I Shimmery DK was on there uh, as well as part of my um, you know long list, and I cut it down. I think Danny Davis, unfortunately, the last few years has not been the player that I think we we all know he can be. But if he can return to that form, I think he's one of the ten best players and, and deserves high recognition. It's just a matter of which Danny Davis you're gonna get. So. If he comes out and plays the, the way you know he can and stays healthy, I think he'll be up there, but uh, we, we've got to see it. So I had to have him on there, but trying to find a, a good spot for him um, was was a little bit challenging, like you said, trying to figure out which wide receiver and, and where to go um, was certainly a tough one to, to peg in there. Yeah, I, I think Danny Davis is the selection. I just... I just don't know. I could see that DK has a huge year just because mm-hmm. I think he has the higher ceiling between the two. But I, but I agree. I think right now uh, Danny Davis was the guy that I that I kind of leaned on. But then I just wanted to hedge to give Tim Ray DK the, the possibility in there. So I like that pick a lot. All right. right. Who did you have for your number five? All right. So five here. I went with Leo Chanel. Um, I think he's a guy that can get after the quarterback. I mean, he's big, burly, fast, hard hitter. I mean, I, I still just remember some of the, the, the pad popping that he's brought in practice. He, he's a guy that plays with reckless abandon. And, and I really like his ability to to strafe, get through blocks, um, and and I think he's going to have a really nice year. Uh, you look at that pairing at inside linebacker, and that's really maybe the strength of the entire team in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And I think that he's a guy that needs to be on this list in some way, shape, or form, and there's a reason that we both have him on here. Oh, yeah. He, he's just got all the talent in the world, and you expect even bigger and more from him this year. Um, you know, last year there was, there were so many more plays that he could have made. We've talked about it at ad nauseum, you know, just a step behind. I think you'll come in and he'll be right there. Um, and, and making those plays a little bit more this year and then have a really strong year. So for me at number five, I had Jalen Berger there. Um, I, I think right now he's a player that, uh, really you could probably make an argument for him. I don't know about higher, um, but he has to be somewhere on this top 10. I know he was kind of on a pitch count last year, but you saw the flashes in terms of what he can do. And if hopefully he gets up and uh, and really takes off into a big sophomore season this year. Uh, my only concern is, I guess, the, the wear and tear of a full Big Ten season after being on that sort of 15 carries a game where he's at right now. But, you know, a, a highly rated recruit, You've seen the talent, and now we just need to see him really start to jump off the page. So I like uh, what his his game brings, but uh, we'll see where he's at. But in terms of raw talent, I think um, he, he's got to be somewhere on this list, and uh, well, I'm interested to see where you might have him. Yeah, it's funny you brought him up because um, I, I we're right up right in in synchronicity here because I got Berger with my fourth. Um, he he's a guy that I think 
he, he brings so much both as a receiver out of the backfield, but as a runner, he just kind of glides when he's running. And, and I think you mentioned it, once you take the governor off of him and let him run, I think you, you're going to see him have a really solid year, hopefully assuming he can stay, stay healthy. I think people oftentimes forget just few how few of games he played last year because of COVID and injury uh, and uh, everything. So I think you're looking at him as a guy that – Four-star kid, All-American um, player. I, I think he's going to have a really solid sophomore year. Yeah, I totally agree with you. All right, so to go to my number four, I have Graham Mertz in there, and it's. I think it's probably a little high and premature, but I, I look at the recruiting and I think of all the the outside factors that that contributed to this past year, and I don't want to sound like uh, a Mertz excuse maker, but I, I think there was just so much going on. Um, for him that when when things were normal and clicking we saw in that opener what he can do um, so I, I think I've got I've had him in there when you look at like where you had him 10 and I had him four if you average that out you know him in that six seven range I think would be a good spot for him as well so um, it's going to be interesting to see where Graham Mertz if we did this exercise again um, postseason, uh, where he's at, which um, contributions that, you know, how big of a contribution did he make? Would he, you know, skyrocket up this list? But in terms of just pure arm talent, the recruiting, the, you know, everything that he's got there, I think it's all the talent is there. It's just a matter of, of seeing it and, and being a little bit more consistent this year. For sure. I, I, I like that. And and I just went with 10 just because I need to see it on a, a, mm-hmm. a little bit more. And and so I think you're, you're buying high on it. I, I'm just kind of, you know, tempering myself a little bit. So but I think I think you're right that if we split the difference there, I, I think we're in like the perfect sweet spot. All right. Who would you have for your number three? I had Barry's grandson. Um, I think that uh, Jake Ferguson, he, he brings a lot to this offense. He He's helpful not only as a blocker, but as a pass catcher. You saw just how much last year um, teams gravitated towards him when you saw some of the other weapons around fall apart and and go down with injury, COVID issues and whatnot. He he was he was a consummate pro. He was he was playing um, hurt the past couple of years he's been dealing with some different injuries. I think he's a guy that could really blossom into having a huge senior year. There's a reason he's he's been on NFL radars for the past couple of years. He, he was another guy who, you know, high three, low four-star recruit that um, really talented basketball player at Memorial. And I think he he's going to have a really good year, assuming he can stay healthy and him and Graham Mertz can click. Yeah, I, I totally like that pick and I'll, I'll save mine for him in, in just a second. But uh, I think we've got a similar top three, just maybe in a little bit uh, of a different shakeout. Um, for my number three, I had Keanu Benton, uh, just a, a physical beast. Um, you know, strong in, in terms of most important, I'm sure he'll be high on the list for us later in the week as well. It, it's, it's funny that he's probably, you know, likely high, uh, for both of us there. Um, just given that he was such a, a lower tier recruit and it just shows you sometimes recruiting rankings are dead on and, and really good. And sometimes they are, are just missing. And you see that with Keanu Benton where he came on and just, um, you know, really proved himself and, and went and blew people away. And so far in his career, he's been dominant. I know this past year, you maybe didn't hear his name as much, but he was, he was taking on a lot of blocks and, and really, um, you know, stepping up in, in, a, in a few 
different ways, so to speak. So I've got him up there as my number three. And uh, so that'll take us to number two. Who do you have for number your number two? I've got Benton. I, I think I think for, for many of the same reasons that you already brought up. I mean, he is uber talented, really, really good player that you don't normally see come out of the state at that defensive tackle nose nose guard position. He, he just t- clogs up things, eats up space, can 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 make plays in the backfield, make things chaotic. I'm going to be fascinated to see how effective he can be this year because I'm assuming that teams are going to look at the film from the last couple of years and circle that kid as, Hey, if, if he blows up, he's going to be really tough to stop. And so um, I I think Benton is, is, you know, you can make a lot of cases for him to be number one here because he is the type of guy that has the potential to be a a day one, two pick in the NFL draft. Um, So I think you look at what he can do and I think he is, he is what this defense needs in a lot of ways from that nose guard position. And, and I think really looking at what he can do at, with his hands, with his, with his bull rush, I think he, he is a very talented player that the Badgers are lucky to have. Yeah, most definitely. Well, I think we both have the same number one, so that one was probably the most easiest. But you want to hop in and just start your praises for our, our man at number one? Yeah, so Jack Sanborn, um, I, I think you look at – that inside linebacker position, so much of the defense flows through that, and and he's making calls, he's doing everything. We saw what he did with when he had Orr next to him um, as a sophomore, and really he he's he is very very good. And and I don't know if he's going to be drafted as high as maybe a guy like Ben or even a guy like Ferguson, but I think that talent wise, what he brings to the equation into the defense is it. it exceeds maybe what's it's what's just on paper you look at it he's a four-star guy though out of high school played immediately as a freshman on special teams and some spotty duty but but I mean he he is the type of guy that that is going to be pushing for postseason awards in the Big Ten he's going to be one of those guys that other teams look at and they're like crap we got to go up against him again and you and you look out for him everywhere you go um, so I think Sanborn is is the top player on the team in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I think you could even have an argument for when we talk about most important later on this week that he could be at the top as well. But for right now, I'm just saying talent talent wise, I think he is the most talented player uh, on the roster and he can do so many different things, whether he's dropping into coverage, whether he is attacking the run, whether he's getting after the quarterback, he can do a little bit of everything on the defense. And he's just a hard nosed football player that, that plays the game the right way. And, and you love to have on your team. Yeah. He, he's just uber talented uh, across the board. He's got, he's one of those guys that Wisconsin does so well with just comes in, um, does his job, you know, makes the plays. He, he's there in the run game, and he provides such a, such a leadership role as well. Um, you, you've seen it time and time with the Wisconsin linebackers, just a, a lunch pail type guy going to come in and give you 10 tackles and, and go about his business. So I, I think that one in terms of easiest to rank, um, it was one and was, was you know, you, he was your unanimous number one. I don't think there's really a lot of arguments you can make there. And then Really, for us, the the top three were probably the easiest, and and then from there it was just um, you know mixing some guys around and seeing um, you know what stuck. But for for Jack Sanborn, I think he's well deserving of being that top spot, um, and will certainly be up there in terms of most important because he's just kind of the heart and soul of that defense right now. So 
Um, I, I think that one was um, a pretty easy pick at that top spot. Yeah. So are there any um, guys that you look at? I know you had mentioned Graham Mertz that if we're looking at it at the beginning, like right now in the off season, and then we, we were to come back to this, say in the winter, after the fall season goes through, we're able to see everything. Are there any guys that didn't make our list that you think could pop up there um, based off of kind of what we see this year? Cause I've got a couple. Yeah. I mean, I think you could, you could say that with, with Jim Ray DK, he could be a guy that go up, moves up there in terms of not you know on the list moving up. I think Nick Herbig would be a guy that could do that. Uh, maybe Jack Nelson on the offensive line. You know, we've, we've heard kind of raves about him already. Of course, him being into that quote unquote starting five for right now um, in terms of, you know, after spring practice, he's, he's going to go into fall being a starter. So I could see him moving up boards. So I would say one of those guys um, could, could certainly be a guy that's off the list moving up. And, and simply that's a lot to do with just the raw talent that you just have to see. Um, but I think Jack Nelson's a prime candidate for that. Shimray DK, some of these young guys that are highly recruited. And now it's just a matter of seeing it on the field. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Jack Nelson was the guy that I had circled on that as um, we just put up. I just wrote an article up on Bucky's fifth quarter kind of talking about him. And, and really, when you compare him coming in and probably starting as a second year guy, and then you compare what has happened in preceding classes with guys who have started as a as a second year player like Joe Thomas, Gabe Karimi, Peter Kahn's. Michael Dieter, David Edwards, Tyler Biotish. Like you've got a, a pretty strong trend here of guys who start as um, as a second-year guy on campus. And, and some of these guys like Jack Sanborn, Jake Ferguson, um, uh, Scott Nelson was on your list as a, as a guy who started as a, as a sophomore or as a redshirt freshman. So I think he's a guy that has the talent. I mean, he's a five-star guy that I think could easily balloon in, into this list and, and could jump. I mean, even as high as like the top five, six, if you wanted, because of just the the raw traits that are there if he puts it all together. So I, I like that you brought him up, and and I definitely do think that Herbig's another guy that could that could jump into that top four um, if he has um, kind of puts it all together and shows what he shows out this year. Who are some guys for you that that maybe were on your yeah, the, that that cut line that didn't quite make the top 10, but guys that you think could have easily, um, if you move some pieces around. I know you mentioned Scott Nelson. Is there anybody else that you had uh, that you had on your your long list that just didn't quite make the short one? Yeah, the the other guy that I was toying around with was was Matt Henningsen. Um, he he's a guy that I think we saw just how dynamic he was uh, as a as a junior, and he he made so many good plays. For this, or I guess it was a sophomore, redshirt sophomore. He made so many big plays. You saw touchdowns, you saw sacks. He he was all over the field, forcing fumbles. And last year, dealt with the injury, and and that really just hurt the defense overall because I think it pushed Garrett ran into a situation where he had to play more than he was used to. Um, and and so I think that you look at at Matt Henningsen coming back, and he's a, he's a leader on that defensive line. I think he's a guy that'll have a really good year if he can stay healthy. And and really, he's a he's one of the smartest players on this team, one of the most talented players on this team. And I think uh, you you look at what he can do, and I think he's going to help out this defense in a lot of ways. Yeah, that was one that that I was thinking as well. Um, you you he's maybe not in terms of like raw prowess and and overall just you know freak athlete type stuff but he's a smart kid physical enough and, and can certainly do things that you need so 
Um, I'm interested to see where he ends up in terms of like a most important list because he's in terms. Yeah, like I said, raw talent maybe isn't as much there as some of these other guys, but he's he's got the importance on the defensive line and he's got the smarts to kind of help make up for that. So he's certainly a guy that could be in there. Um, I, I don't think either of us had a cornerback on there so that for me, like Fayon Hicks, Caesar Williams were guys that I don't think could make the top 10. I think you maybe could make a bigger argument for Hicks, but right now, a guy that's you know probably off there. That was the only position, at least for me, outside of fullback that um, didn't have someone on there. So there's a group that hopefully you you come back to this list and one of those two has a really strong year and, and elevates themselves a little bit as well. So that part um, uh, was certainly interesting. But I like the Matt Henningsen pick as well. He's one that could make, uh, make a name. Um, I, I think there's a lot of guys that, are, again, are, are talented, maybe not in this top 10 tier, um, but could certainly be in there, um, you know, if, if you moved a few pieces around. Yeah, I, I had Williams and Hicks as guys on my short list. I, I think if you push this out to the top 15, they're probably on that list. Um, but 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 I think you get down to the top 10 and you're, you're really having to make some some tough choices. And I think um, those two are just on that fringe, like you mentioned. All right. So if you look at it in terms of like weighted averages for us, I think there was a top 10 that you could come up with. Like you had maybe like Nelson Beach. You know, we both neither of us had him on there, but Herbig kind of in that eight range, Davis in that seven range, Schnall in the six range. You know, really for Ferg and Benton, you could put them 2A and, and 2B and then Berger at like that four spot, Mertz at that maybe seven spot. So there's a lot of these guys. If you average it out, you, I think you get a pretty good top 10 list, um, fair overall in terms of uh, of talent that way. But it just speaks to this team that I don't think they have anyone that they're overly reliant on to to, to be a dominating force. They've got a lot of good, talented players at, at really every, every level of the field. So that that's that's what makes a, a ball club you know, really competitive. And I think you'll see that with Wisconsin this year, that they're going to go ahead and, and really step up and, and hopefully um, give the Badgers a much needed spark and, and have a competitive team. But uh, this exercise was a lot of fun to just kind of see um, where, where both of us are at and, and how this will possibly change down the road is going to be interesting for sure. We'll have to do this uh, postseason. Yeah. I, I think we're, we'll have to write this down. So we've got it, we've got it and we can review you know, how accurate we were come season end and and really just how stupid we are, which is always just as fun. <laughs> That's always good to look at as well. So uh, as I mentioned at the top, guys, that, that rounds up our episode for today. Um, but our next episode, we'll go ahead and do the most important. So I think that'll be a fun exercise as well to kind of see guys that, you know, Matt Hennings is a perfect example, maybe not the most in terms of raw talent, but he's going to be a guy that is very important to the long-term success of this team. I think you'll see um, some interesting names, and maybe that one won't be as easy because it's a little bit more open-ended. This one, you know, of the talent on Wisconsin football and what they've done in the recruiting world and, and you know, getting some of these players. But most important, I think you can, you've can you got a little bit more open-endedness, so that one should be a lot of fun. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know your top 10. You know, Leave a comment and, and see maybe guys that you thought were, were too high or too low. And it's a, always a fun exercise, exercise to go through. So as always, guys, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you later in the week on Wisconsin.